The Business of Portland podcast. Every week, editor Vance Tong, reporter Joseph Gallivan, and reporter Stephanie Basiliga bring you an insider's look at some of the stories affecting Portland's business community. The Business of Portland podcast is brought to you by Pamplin Digital Media. Hyperlocal broadens its reach. Now your community news partner can help your business get a better return on investment when you advertise to your target market. If you are interested in learning more, please email us at digital at pamplinmedia.com. Now, here's Business Tribune reporter Stephanie Basiliga. Hi, welcome to today's BizTribcast. I am reporter Stephanie Basiliga. Today I'm going to be talking with Paul Williams. and Paul works at Portland Public Schools in the procurement department. And I'm reporter Joseph Galvin. I'll be talking about next week's podcast where I focus on the AIA Architecture Awards. So the awards were held this past Friday, correct? On Was it October 25th? Yeah, yeah. They were at Revolution Hall as usual. Um, they have a new guy in town. He's called Kurt Wilson. He's the new head of the AIA Oregon. He's based in Eugene, and he's splitting his time between Portland and Eugene while he runs the chapter. So there's five divisions, and they're all going to try and work together so that architects, 80% of whom are in Portland, can mix and educate each other across the state. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, yeah, and the awards were good. You know, it was some of our usual suspects that we've been following so long. Seven Southeast Stark, which is that funny boxy thing by WPA, Right. It's uh, on the east side, right by the freeway and the railway tracks. Right, and it's the Harsh Investment Project with the awesome yeah. views from the top floor. Yeah, it's half parking and half office. It, it's in the unbuilt category, which means it's just not finished. Another one was the Red Fox Commons oh. by Lever or yeah. Lever. That's a great project. I talked project. to Thomas Robinson about that. Um, you'll hear him next week on the podcast. And also uh, Whitney Ranson was a like an up-and-coming architect designer, actually. She uh, works at SRG, and they gave her the task of doing the office for SRG. So she said she had 40 architects breathing down her neck. <laughs> and they <laughs> no had to figure there. out, <laughs> right, designing a space for architects who all move around now, and they ended up putting all their desks on wheels and sliders and stuff because they move so much. So, if we did that, then Vance would never know where we are because we'd probably <laughs> always be hiding from him. Yeah, so listen out for that on next week's podcast. And I think we're having a special guest next week to talk about the awards. Is that correct? Yeah, we're having Brian Libby. He writes a column for us and he has his own architecture blog. He's the preeminent voice in architecture critic in Portland. So he's going to comment on the awards too. Great. We'll probably get some great insight. He usually has some really, really interesting and good things to say about what's going on with architecture and design here in Portland. Today, I am here with Paul Williams, and Paul is the Solicitations Manager for Portland Public Schools Purchasing and Contracting Department. Is that correct? That is correct. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here, Paul. So we've got a a pretty long list of stuff we're going to talk about today. There is an event coming up on November 7th, and I believe the name of it is the Metro Educators Business Equity Open House. Bingo. All Nailed right. it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Whew. Uh, and uh, it's kind of a unique event, and we're going to talk about that. Yeah. It's going to give people a chance to learn about what's going on with projects with Portland Public Schools and a couple other educational. Yeah. So we at PPS decided that it was a good idea to, to partner with other educational agencies that have similar missions mm-hmm. and similar values. 
So we partnered with Portland Community College, we partnered with Portland State University and with Beaverton School District. And the idea here is that we'll have representatives from all four agencies, both on the purchasing side, but also in their facilities, in their uh, capital bond on our Mm -hmm. side. I think Beaverton's going to have their capital bond there as well. So you can kind of get face-to-face time with project managers, with purchasing, with maintenance, with with a lot of different areas that you might not have that opportunity at a normal trade show, Mm -hmm. um, like a reverse vendor trade show or something of that nature. And then I think the really key idea here is that there's... You hear a lot of work going on with other agencies like Multnomah County and City of Portland and, and the port and, and a whole lot like that. But I think a lot of contractors don't look at education as a an initial resource to to work and to construction. I think this is going to kind of change that idea. It's, uh, it gives them an opportunity to, to hear our mission and to see that you can affect your work putting a, a new roof or some electrical or plumbing in a school will affect different children in different communities, whether it's here, whether it's Beaverton, uh, whether it's college-age students. I call them kids, but they're not really kids anymore. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's a really good opportunity and a really good event for, for us to kind of promote who we are and what we're about. In Portland Public Schools, you guys have a lot of stuff going on. Oh, always. Yes. I just spent some time at Grant High School. Yeah. Uh, we had a story come out about how students actually helped influence the design yeah. to create equity among students. Yeah. Um, and it's it, it was a really interesting, number one, to see how the students are getting involved and really kind of learning about how their voices can help shape their education yeah. and the spaces where they're learning. Portland Public Schools has two bond measures yes. that, that they, they successfully got voters to approve. Correct. Right. And the first one was in 2012. Yep. And that was for... Four hundred eighty-two million. Give or take. There. I don't have the exact number. Yeah. Right. And then the second one was in two thousand seventeen. Mm-hmm. So for the first bond in two thousand twelve, what schools were included in that bond? So the the idea behind these capital bonds passing is to do full modernizations of high schools first. And the idea there is that doing the high schools touches the greatest amount of students rather than elementary school because of the way that elementary funnels to middle and middle funnels to high school. Right. So you're going to expand your community a little bit that way. So the 2012 bond had Franklin, Roosevelt, and Grant in it, along with roofing, seismic upgrades, ADA upgrades uh, at a number of schools here and there. The 2017 bond included Madison, which we've broken ground on, uh, and then Lincoln, which is going to be a brand new build, and then uh, Benson High School. So before we kind of dig too deeply into all those projects, what is the condition of Portland schools right now where we needed to do these bonds. I mean, I think, you know, I've read stories where, you know, if there's a, the, the big earthquake, everything is going to come tumbling down. Was that the case before the modernization projects? or what, You like- know, I think that we are, we are in a good place with the schools that have been touched with the modernization projects. Now, there's no way to, to pass a capital bond that's going to cover, you know, all 90 some odd sites, some of the ones that we lease out and we use as office space and things like that. That's just not feasible, right? So, the schools that we have worked on, you know, there's been obviously the high schools that I mentioned, but there's a number of elementary schools that have gotten seismic reinforcement. That usually comes hand in hand with a roof. Mm-hmm. Um, right. We've gotten a lot of grants, seismic grants that uh, through SHPO that work that way. Yeah, I, I think that things are in a better place than they certainly were in 2017, certainly in a better place than they were in 2012. I mean, it takes a village. We're getting there. Right. But Well, like, I mean, like a lot of school districts across the country, 
we have older schools here. Absolutely. It, it's just an issue. And it's the how buildings are old them. and they're, they're really spread out. I mean, Portland, it, it doesn't feel like a big city, but Portland's a big city and there's a lot of schools and they're, they're all over a large area and it's trying to spread the, the, the seismic upgrades throughout them all is really tricky. I mean, yeah. it's and expensive. It, and it's very not, expensive. not, it's not a cheap approach. Very expensive. Yeah. So where are you guys now with the schools that have been done and the schools that are in the progress and the schools that are in the pipeline? Okay. So where we are now is uh, Madison, like I said, is, is starting work that is, that's a modernization similar to how Franklin Roosevelt and Grant have been done. Lincoln, uh, we contracted with Hoffman and Pacific Mark as a mm-hmm. joint venture to basically build a brand new six-story tower, essentially where the football field is down at Lincoln. And then we're going to put the football field where the school is now. So kind of flip-flopping that. Um, and then Anderson Construction has been contracted as a CMGC for Benson High School. Okay. That'll be a tricky project with, with staging areas and, and just the general location. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, every summer we have what we call the, the IP work, the improvement project work, which is, which is the roofing seismic ADA. We've done a number of abatement projects under this capital bond. We've done some security upgrades with this capital bond. Uh, those are ongoing fire alarm upgrades. Mm-hmm. So things like that. Um, we've touched a lot of schools. I think we've, we've gotten somewhere in the, the 40 to 50 range on, on various pieces. Doesn't right. mean we don't have to revisit them and do a different piece down the line as we try to, you know, formulate a budget for it. And there's a bunch of projects coming up in, uh, we're hoping to get some of them on the street bidding mid-December, mid-January, which is a couple months earlier usually than what we've done previously. So let's talk a little bit about kind of the, the bidding process, the yeah. procurement, procurement process and kind of what you see. What what are firms, firms that are looking to work with Port and Public Schools mm-hmm. that have never worked with you guys before, mm-hmm. where do they start? Okay, there's a couple different ways. So this the nature of the beast with public contracting is that for a, a large scale project, like a re-roof, if you want to come on as a general contractor, as the top dog on that project, you have to have a significant amount of bonding capacity. And that really is the biggest hurdle in getting small business or certified business into that role. So it's it takes time to grow your company to that level. Right, right. So that that's the hardest part. So it becomes almost more of a networking capacity to where you have to try to, to marry the large general contractor with the smaller or certified business contractor and show the value of a collaborative relationship. So, um, and it's not to say it's impossible for a smaller certified business to get a large scale project. We have a number of them, but starting with PPS. So getting FaceTime in front of project managers, I think is paramount in this. That would be at this this Metro Educators event. That would be at a reverse for it. vendor trade show. You can always reach out to the facilities department or the capital bond. We call it the Office of School Modernization um, and try to get some FaceTime with some of these uh, these project managers because when a construction project specifically is under $100,000, we have to go for three quotes and it's an informal process, mm-hmm. really. So the idea is, yeah, of course, we want them to give it to as many people as possible and advertise it. But sometimes time doesn't allow that, especially on the facilities side, not so much the capital bond. So they're going to go to the people they know. Sure. So it's a matter of meeting those project managers, showing what you can do. I don't want to say prove your worth necessarily, but it's it kind of is that, you know, like, look what I can do. Look at my track record. I can do this. That's the easiest way to get prime work with us is to get that FaceTime, whether it's contacting my office 
to set up some sort of meet and greet, whether it's coming to one of these trade show events, especially the one on the 7th, because that one really is the one where the project managers are there and willing to talk to people, which is, you know, time out of their day, which is very, very difficult considering the number of projects. The other thing is all of our formal solicitations are advertised on Planet Bits. So we went away from Orpin, which a lot of public agencies use. Oh, really? Use. Oh, interesting. We started using Planet Bids because we we can pull more data out of it. We can control who's seeing it. Um, we're not restricted with file size as far as trying. Because when I first started at Portland Public Schools, it was about eight years ago, eight and a half years ago. We were using Orpin, and it was great. But we also had to use a third party to house all of the the plans, all of the drawings and, and specs for a construction project. So you had to tell a contractor, okay, you can get the procurement documents on Orpen. You can get the the drawings and specs here. Hopefully, they may, you know they they work together in right. conjunction. And and I just hope we don't have to make a change that affects both documents because right. it could be absolute <laughs> right. chaos. So we got Planet Bids. Planet Bids has worked really well. It also gives contractors, and this is really more advantageous on the um, design side than the construction side, but they can electronically submit a proposal. Oh, nice. That must which make is, it much easier. Which is crazy. Everyone. I don't know if you've you know spent time near our offices down on, on 501 Dixon there by the Moda Center, but it's parking is horrible all the time. <laughs> There's very limited visitor parking. It's always full somehow, and the street parking is just not available. Right. So it's, it's really hard. There was a lot of times before we had this electronic submission that people would come to drop off a proposal, and they'd, you know, by the time they parked and got up there, it'd be 205, and our bids close at 2, Too and they're done. Yes. You're done. Yep. Yep. So, and, and as much as you would love to have everyone get it in early, that's not how it works, right? No, it's, it never does. And, I, and we tell people at the pre-bid meetings, like, you know, parking at our <laughs> office is the worst. So please get there at one thirty and give yourself half an hour to, to settle yourself and get the bid in. But um, Planet Bids is, is pretty user-friendly. You can upload files very easily. We put all of our, our bids, our RFPs, our CMGCs have gone on there. All of our addenda goes through there. There's a, a question and answer that can kind of consolidate that and not make it necessarily email. We tend to like the email more because more visibility on right. our end as far as if someone's out of the office. But that's the easiest way to see that. Also, as a subcontractor, if you sign up for Planet Biz and it's free to sign up, if you go to our website on the pps.net on the purchasing and contracting tab and click the link there, it's free to sign up. If you just go to planetbids.com, it doesn't know that you're going to a separate portal right. for it and they want to charge you. But if you go in there and you, you register your business, it takes like five minutes to register. It's really simple. You can put whatever fields you're in, whatever trades, whether it's plumbing, electrician, uh, roofing, architecture, whatever it is. You can get push notifications through the system when something has something in the package. So if we do an improvement project for seismic upgrades and there's going to be some masonry work and you do masonry... It's going to ping you with masonry. So you don't have to go in there and wade through everything trying no. to figure out how to filter stuff out. Exactly. Nice. We also use Oregon Procurement Search. A lot of agencies do that, which is essentially a uh, it's a bot that will siphon through the bids and the proposals and pick out those words and do kind of the exact same thing yeah. there. Kind but of aggregates it for... for aggregates you. the data, but does on a much larger scale. Right. You know, it'll handle multiple agencies at once rather than just PPS. So so lots of lots of opportunities for people to, to see... The work uh, we advertise with the Business Tribune, uh, so Yay, you know. We love that. Yeah, you know, well, do what I can. Words out there, so it's just a matter of of getting people in the door. So I know that joint ventures for your um, contractors, yeah, is becoming pretty popular. Yeah. What about other 
equity goals or aspirational goals uh, for minorities, women-owned businesses, people in the trades. Does PPS have goals like that? We do. So we wrote in and passed a equity and public purchasing and contracting policy. This is back in, I believe, 2013 is when it passed. From that point forward, what we did was set an aspirational goal for certified business utilization. And certified business is minority-owned, women-owned, service-disabled veteran, emerging small business. Um, so basically COVID. Basically COVID, exactly. Firms that are certified yeah. with the state. They weren't state. called COVID when we started, but now they're, right. now they're COVID. We have a, an aspirational goal of 18% spend. Uh, and that is through all of what we call Division 48 and 49, which is architecture, engineering, related services, and then construction, public improvement. The way we've gotten through that is we we contracted with a company that does certification tracking. Mm-hmm. So is the best way to put it. So it pulls information from our financial system, say a contract, you know, construction and this number and this, whoever it is, the, the contractor would then go in and list all of their subs and then it'll track each month. It'll automatically put the payment in and then the, the contractor verifies the payment. The subs get an email, get a ping notification. They go in and verify what they've been paid and it tallies everything up based on the COVID certification. Nice. Right. So as of right now, we just had a couple contracts that just got entered into the system and it kind of wonkied up the numbers. That's not necessarily the verb I want to use, but you know what I mean? Uh, so we all know what you mean. Yes. <laughs> We've had everyone, <laughs> everyone knows. So we're at 17.9% and that's through the, the life of the, the, um, the system when we started tracking. So we're right at the target and just not quite above it. So, so I'm going to ask you now, maybe yeah. put you on the spot here. So, yeah. and you may not be the one to answer this, okay. but so you're coming close to hitting that goal. Yeah. Is this a time now where maybe you step back and look at whether you start to raise that goal? Possibly. I think possibly. Um, I, we've had different people in our agency talk about lowering the goal. And this is when we were not doing as well, right. obviously. Right. Like, well, if we put the target lower, it was easier to hit, well, <laughs> um, you know, but, sure, or, or raise the goal. Yeah, there and you go. I think the hard part here is that it, it's really difficult to, to understand capacity in this workplace. And I think the capacity changes significantly mm-hmm. and it kind of ebbs and flows. And I'm not the one to make the decision if 18 is the right percentage. I think it's pretty close. I think it's kind of within that 16 to 20 and then the middle ground's 18, right? right? So it's something we might look at down the line. We've we've taken great care in trying to formulate this policy in a way that creates as few hurdles as possible for people to bid with us. Because when you add on mandatory paperwork onto a bid that's already stressful enough, people are going to go to the private sector and not bother just because it's it's easier money. That and way. right now, the construction industry is vibrant enough that they have those options, right? It yeah. isn't just that there well, are only pro- public projects out there now. They can kind of pick and choose. They can what pick and choose. On. Look across the cityscape when you're driving towards downtown and look at all the cranes. There's been cranes everywhere in our city for three years, four years, and it's not stopping. I live in Beaverton and there are cranes in Beaverton. So go. that's telling yeah. you something about the activity yeah. here. So I heard that Portland Public Schools is going after another bond possibly in the future. The idea is that I think they're setting up for a 2020 bond. That's not. Uh, that's definitely more in the communications and the strategic partnership view than, than in purchasing where we right. just, you know, unfortunately we just kind of push paper and, and, and make it so. But I think the idea is 2020, uh, which obviously makes sense because that's the general election and that's usually when the numbers are highest as far as voter turnout. So. And this would be kind of just extending kind of what's already out there yeah. that everyone's paying That's my for. understanding. I don't have the exact verbiage about how that looks and what it looks like long term, but... 
where is PPS now kind of in this list of schools that, that they want to address and kind of upgrade structurally and, and modernize? Where are they on that list? Well, I mean, the, the idea, like I said, is the high schools touch the most kids. Right. Right. So if you get through Madison, Lincoln, Benson, then you're left with three more high schools. You're left with Cleveland, Wilson, and Jefferson, Jefferson Middle College, as we're calling it now. So if you get through that, then you're on the middle schools. And this 2017 bond rebuilt from scratch Kellogg Middle School on Powell, right. which is really kind of a the opening up that area and kind of taking away a lot of the, the overcrowding in that area specifically because that whole Foster Powell Southeast area really just got an influx of young families recently. Oh, so, so doing that helps a lot. There's a lot of middle schools that could be touched next. And we've done some roofs and, and things here and there. I don't know what the plan is going forward as far as modernizing necessarily these schools, but I think the next step would be to look at a middle school or two in this next bond. Of course, with with construction costs rising and, and seemingly less workforce to, you know, interested in public work, it makes it difficult. Right. So it's, you know, it's hard to really understand where your money's going necessarily. You know, even as a district saying, okay, we have this much money, how far can we get with it? Well, it's hard to know with the construction costs. I know Absolutely. there's been a lot of uncertainty and, and people are still saying they don't feel confident that the prices are going to stay in one place. It's, yeah. it's, it's affecting everything these yeah. days. And everyone keeps passing bonds. I don't know if you've yes. noticed. No, but I, I do know. As I said, I live in Beaverton and they're, they're doing tons of work too. I mean, Beaverton, Lake Oswego, yeah. Oregon City, they're all, I mean, Gresham, Barlow, they're all just, there's bond after bond after bond and it's great, but it also makes it very difficult to uh, it, to get a piece of the pie. I say you're all kind of competing uh, for kind of this, Unfortunately. this, this limited, li- limited workforce that's out there. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah seems that way. So once again, this is a November 7th event. Yeah. What time is it? Where is it? It is at PCC Cascade Campus on the second floor of the Student Union. We're going to have some some light food, some refreshments. Uh, it goes from 4 to 7. And again, it will be representatives from Portland Public Schools, from Portland Community College, Portland State University, and Beaverton School District. All are doing pretty large-scale projects right now, so there's going to be a lot to talk about. So it's going to be a really good event. What should people bring with them when they come? Business, Business cards. cards. Business, always business cards, definitely. Business cards. Bring business cards. Bring bring a good attitude. Just get ready to meet people. It's going to be a nice, a nice, lighthearted event. We're going to be able to just talk to each other about you know strengths, you know who needs what and how. You know we'll go from there. We've had really good success in putting on open house style projects. This is the first one we've done. It's just education. So this is a a really cool opportunity for people who who want their work to kind of go to a a, a greater mission and affect children. Definitely. So this definitely. is, that's kind of the push here. So there are a lot of innovative ideas that are, that are going into these modernization yeah. projects. I saw it at Grant and I just think it's really exciting. It's crazy. To it's see crazy. what's being done. I mean, you and I were talking, I'm, fr- I'm from Portland, born and raised. I went to Franklin high school and it's completely different and it's insane what these kids have at their fingertips now. Yeah. It's, Incredible. I'm telling you, I want that, that maker space at Grant High School. I desperately <laughs> want to go want down one? there and play around. I want to go in there. There's They've got so much, and it's just this really bright, inviting area yeah. at the bottom of the stairs that, you know, you can walk by and see everything that's going on. And, and Carol Campbell, the principal, said it draws a lot of people in, teachers and, and students yeah. both. It's incredible. Uh, is there anything else that we kind of haven't touched on? I think we've kind of gone the whole gamut here. Uh, not really. I mean, just upcoming projects. We have a bunch of roofs. That are going to be coming. Um, roofs at Chapman, at Ockley Green, at Mount Tabor, at Kelly, at Harrison Park, at Woodlawn. Lots and lots of roofs. A little bit of ADA on some of those. 
Um, there's going to be a fire sprinkler installation at Wrigler. There's going to be abatement, four or five packages coming out for abatement, or four or five schools, I should say, um, for some large-scale abatement. There's going to be a whole bunch of fire alarms coming out this All year. Right. That's low-voltage work for anyone that's listening that might be an electrician. Low-voltage work, four packages, four to five schools in each package, some security installation. I mean, there's it's constantly revolving wheel at PPS of work. And it sounds like those projects that you just mentioned, those are good ones to get on to get your foot in the door with those the are, school, Those correct? are awesome if you are a general contractor who isn't quite the the make an entire college campus <laughs> type of <laughs> bonding which capacity. Is, which is a lot of the companies out there. Which right? is a that lot. looking yeah. to build that capacity, but you have to start somewhere. Absolutely. this is it's, it's a great opportunity for, I hate to say smaller GCs, but really smaller GCs. And it's a really good opportunity for for subcontracting. If you if you're a roofer and you want to get your foot in the door, well, there's six roofs I just named that we're going to be doing, and they're big roofs. I mean, they're big schools, so doors open. I mean, it's it's great opportunity for people to jump on and really build a relationship with the GC, which could last a lot further for them. Well, so. and it's great to know that that the, the voters supported bonds are really they have an opportunity to not just help students but to also help grow the business community. Absolutely. Very, very That's important. the idea behind the whole thing. And also, kids are going to really react when they see their school get, get built. I mean, I saw it with Franklin. As, as you see, kids see people who, you know, are doing something. They say, wow, what's that guy doing on that crane? Or what's that guy yeah. doing on that scissor lift? And like, what's, it helps build the future of construction. And I think the trade market really is, is where a lot of kids, you know, could really excel. Definitely. So definitely, I know uh, Carol Campbell said that uh, they there was a TV crew in there when they first opened the first day of school at Grant, mm-hmm. and because it had been closed for two years, yeah. and the students got to go in there and see it, and they were talking to the TV crew was talking to one of the students, and he said, "It feels like they really care about us now." Yeah. That's what this yeah. is all about. Yeah, absolutely. We had the same sentiment from Roosevelt, same sentiment from from Franklin. I'm sure we're going to get it from Madison. It's it feels good to know that your hard work is going towards a greater good and that it's actually recognized and the kids feel like they're involved in the process as well. It's amazing. And that's so important, as you exactly. said, to kind of get them, help them learn about some of the new op- yes. some of the options that are out there in careers, both careers that you go to college for and careers that you don't have to go to college Absolutely. for. Well, Paul Williams, thank you so much. This has been great talking to you. Excellent. Thanks and, for having me on. Uh, we'll get you in here in the future. Absolutely. Anytime. Anytime. Once again, November 7th, <laughs> Give us the details of the event, and we'll close with that. Uh, it's the Metro Educators Business Equity Open House event put on by Portland Public Schools, Portland Community College, Portland State University, and Beaverton School District. Uh, it goes from 4 to 7 p.m. It's going to be at PCC Cascade Campus on the second floor, the student union there. Uh, great opportunity to meet project managers and purchasing staff from all four of those agencies. Great way to grow your business if you're a certified COVID business. And hopefully we'll see a lot of you there. All right. Paul, thank you. Put that on your calendar and keep an eye out for Paul there. In bids this week, the Malala Fire District has issued an invitation to bid on a project to replace acoustic ceiling tiles in the district's main fire station. That fire station is at 320 North Malala Avenue in Malala. The scope of the work includes approximately 2,300 square feet of tile replacement in four hallways, seven offices, and the entryway to the station. Bid packets are available from the fire district upon request. For more information about that project, visit the bids and subbids page at biztrib.com or go to biztribmarketing.com. So that'll wrap up this week's podcast. Once again, I'd like to thank Paul Williams from Portland Public Schools for stopping by to talk with us. 
Remember, next week, we have the AIA Design Awards for our podcast. And as always, a huge thanks to our producer and audio engineer, Alicia Ralph. Be sure to check out all of this week's stories in print or online at brizztrib.com. The Business of Portland podcast has been brought to you by Pamplin Digital Media. Hyperlocal broadens its reach. Now your community news partner can help your business get a better return on investment when you advertise to your target market. If you are interested in learning more, please email us at digital at pamplinmedia.com. The Business of Portland podcast is produced by the Pamplin Media Group, Oregon's largest locally owned source of news and advertising. For more business news, pick up a copy of the Business Tribune, Tuesdays in standalone racks, and Thursdays in the business section of the Portland Tribune. Or to hear more of our podcasts, go to biztrib.com.